You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, thank you guys for having me. As always, let us pray first. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into the great trial, but deliver us from evil. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Well, today we're going to talk about joy. Um, I'm not going to give you all the ins and outs of joy and happiness and all the differences associated with that, but just a small discussion on not letting this season steal our joy. But first... I want to talk to you about a movie that is near and dear to me, that maybe is near and dear to you as well, called Dumb and Dumber. If you're not familiar with this movie, that's okay. Uh, It's pretty old at this point, about 25 years. But uh, the two main characters, Floyd and Harry, in that movie, um, they set out on an adventure. And Floyd is the eternal optimist. In fact, they just come up against a lot of obstacles. And Floyd is just, um, you know, undetermined, un, undeterred in his, in his hope for the best coming out of the situation. In fact, he is driving him and Harry across the country, and Harry falls asleep and, uh, for quite some time. And then when Harry wakes up, he realizes Floyd has gone the wrong way for hours, and he's drove in a sixth of the way in the wrong direction to where they need to go. And he just lays into Floyd, gives him everything. Uh, and then they, they split, they split ways. Um, and then Floyd comes back, uh, he's got a new plan. He sold their van and he comes on the scene with a moped. And Harry looks at him and you think, well, Harry's about to lay into him some more because now things are worse. Now that all they have is a moped. And Harry, and this is a, a, a reference that comes up in pop culture. It's still to this day, even though that movie is 25 years old. And he goes, you know, just when I think you can't get any dumber, Floyd, you go and do something that totally redeems yourself, right? And, and it just, that line really doesn't have anything to do with anything. Uh, except that I just wanted to mention that Floyd is just this, uh, you know, hopeful guy. He's not very smart, but he just keeps this determined uh, hope and joy. And I say that all just to say, you know, every once in a while, we need to just set aside our grumpiness and our grouchiness and all the things that are going, and we need to just have a little hope and a little joy and, and try to lighten up the situation. Um, you know, how do we do that? You know, sometimes joy overwhelms us. We see a friend that we haven't seen in a while or a family member or we just get excited about something or uh, something that you know brings joy to us. We see that or it occurs to us and we're just overwhelmed with joy, right? And feelings of happiness and, and rejoicing. Other times, uh, you know, we have to practice it. We have to lean into joy and those feelings of, of happiness. You know, Abraham Lincoln used to say, and I'm assuming this is true because it's on the internet, that you are as happy as you choose to be. Uh, now, some people can disagree with that, that sentiment, uh, and I've had people disagree with me on that. But I think there is some truth to that. And I'm not saying that 
we, we haven't had reasons to lament or grieve. And we've certainly been through that season. But every once in a while, we need to lean in to the other direction. You know, Ecclesiastes 3, and you probably have heard this because it's one of the most familiar and, and, and well-cited verses of, of, of Scripture. It's been used all over the world. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful pieces of literature ever written. It says in uh, this, Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 and verses 4. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. So I want to give us a few things to consider as we try to embrace joy this season amidst all of the chaos and everything that's gone on this year. Um, and, and first, I want to just remind us that, as Jason was talking about last week, we always have something to be thankful for. We have to lean into gratitude if we're going to experience joy. Uh, Jason said, gratitude is the gateway to joy. And no matter what we're going through, and there's something that we can be thankful for. You know, your grandma or your grandpa used to say those cliche lines, you know, count your blessings. But there is truth to that. As cliche and as corny as some of those sayings can be, we have to do that if we're going to experience joy this season. We have to think about all the things that we do have and not focus on the things that we don't have or the things that we've lost. And even... And you might say, oh, I don't have a lot to be thankful. I don't even have a lot of blessings to count. But listen, you've got at least one. Because if you can push back on that point, you're alive and breathing. Praise God. And just as an aside note, if you uh, are even feeling down about being alive, talk to somebody about that. Reach out to me or Jason or anyone at the church. We're a family. You're not going to receive any judgment from us if you're having feelings where you're down about just life in general, you need to talk to somebody and we're here and we'd be happy to talk with you because you're a part of our family and we want you to be well. And then sometimes, you know, we need, uh, you know, clinical assistance and therapy and those things are good and we should lean into those as well. We don't want to neglect those and you don't want to feel bad about having to do that and lean into that and you will never receive any judgment from us. Um, but again, we cannot neglect the fact that if we're alive, if we've got the breath of life still, we've got something to praise God for. And I know you've got more than just that to praise God for. I know you've got something. If you would just take a minute to sit down and just start to think about all the things that you have and just stop focusing on all the things that we've lost. You know, we were talking about this movie, Dumb and Dumb. There's another great popular uh, reference, pop culture reference from that movie, and you, you're probably familiar with it. Floyd is pursuing what he thinks is the love of his life, right? And uh, she's just not into him, right? But Floyd persists. He's gonna, he's gonna win her over, right? And she's like, there's no chance, there's no chance. And Floyd keeps, you know, there's gotta be a chance. And finally she says, well, I guess there's a one in a million chance, and for us, the audience, we all know that means there's no chance. It's never going to happen. But Floyd, the, he's undeterred, right, by bad news. And he goes, so you're saying there's a chance. Listen, when we're with God, as Jesus people, as people a part of his kingdom, there's a chance. There's always a chance. There's always hope. There's always 
an opportunity to embrace joy and to step into that with God. So don't give up hope. You know, there used to be, at least in my religious tradition when I was growing up, um, they used to say, you know, uh, what would you do, what would happen if you died tonight? And I guess it was an evangelistic tool, evangelistic question to kind of get us to, you know, face our mortality and, and really, uh, you know, turn to Jesus so that we know where we go when we die. But I think there's a better question and a more pertinent one. What's going to happen tomorrow if you live? Are you going to be the same person tomorrow? Are you going to embrace the same negativity? Are you, are you going to embrace the opportunity to be on mission together with God? to be a light, to be that change for somebody else, to be that salt and light. You have the opportunity every morning with every breath to make a difference for God and for his kingdom and to be with God. So we need to consider that. You know, and if we can't embrace joy, let's, we have to try to find something to be joyful about. We have to delight in the goodness of God and his kingdom. And it might be a struggle for some of us because this has been a long season, a dark night of the soul this entire year, for, especially for many of us. And I've, I've heard from you guys. And some of us worse than others, right? So you might be thinking, I, it's going to be difficult. But there is goodness in God and, and in his kingdom. And we can delight in that. And we just have to try to lean into that. Now, I want to give you uh, a warning here because over the next couple weeks, both in politics and sports, a lot of my friends and a lot of, and maybe it's not you, but I know there's a lot of us out there that have wrapped our emotions up in who's going to win this election and who's going to win this World Series. And I just caution you to just accept the fact that your side's probably going to lose and just abandon that outcome to God, right? Uh, you know, as a citizen, you should vote. That's important. And yes, elections have consequences and all that. Uh, good stuff, but you shouldn't trust your vote. What I want you guys to do, I want you to put your vote in if you're going to vote, and then forget about it. Turn the election coverage off. Go unfollow every political thing that you follow on Facebook and tune it out. Right? Most of us, most of people who are voting have probably already decided, so you don't even need to follow it at this point. It's just more negativity and bashing and name calling and ugliness. Just tune that out over the next few weeks. In fact, I challenge you on election night, you've already voted, don't even turn on the coverage. Use that as night as an act of trust that the world and the election can go on without you, that you don't need to be a part of it. Imagine going to bed not knowing you didn't even watch it. You, you, you gave your phone a Sabbath. You powered down your phone for the night. You just spent some time with your family or your friends or, you know, got on on your game system online with your friends or just watched a funny movie or played a board game with your family, didn't even pay attention to the election. And then you don't even seek out the news the next morning. Somebody's going to tell you at some point. You'll find it out. But imagine being so unaffected by that that you can just go about your life in the kingdom. I encourage you to practice. Try to do that. You'll be amazed at what God will work in your life if you just take a break from some of these uh, interactions that we have with our world for a moment and just let God be in control. Just trust him. Just abandon the outcome. You can't change the outcome of any of these things anyway. So just abandon that to God and trust 
that no matter what happens, you are with God and that's a safe place to be. You know, joy is not a product of our political system. It's not a product of all of the things we put hope in in the flesh. But joy is a product of life in the kingdom with God. So lean into that. Lean into that. You know, joy, uh, Dallas Waters says, joy is a pervasive sense of well-being. You don't get that from the entanglements of our government and our political system, but you do get that from the kingdom of God and walking with Jesus. So I encourage you just to lean into that over the next few weeks and tune out the rest. There's a popular saying in our culture, um, and I'm bad at segues and we're segueing now, in case you didn't know, but uh, to give them hell, right? And we, we do that, we do a lot of that, we're talking about politics, we do a lot of that in our political, you know, back and forth, uh, you know, based on who, who we, we prefer. You know, give them hell. And, and there's a lot of that in our culture, we, you know, the retribution culture, the revenge culture, the uh, I'm, I'm going to beat the other guy culture, the good guy culture, right? Give them hell. But as people of the kingdom, we have another posture, right? We can give people heaven, right? We can be the chorus of heaven over these next few weeks and months as we turn to the, this, this season, right? And I want you to just practice giving people heaven over these next few weeks. Here's what some things that you can do to help you lean into joy and, 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 and try to put away some of this, you know, despair and, and, and anxiety and all these things that we've been dealing with. Um, here's one thing you could do. Pay for the car. When you go through the drive through the next time, pay for the car behind you. You know, that's a great act of kindness because that person will never get to thank you. You're just doing something nice for someone that you will never even know and they will never be able to pay you back. Write a letter thanking somebody. Think about something someone did for you. It could be years ago. Put that on paper how thankful you are for that person and what they did for you and send it to them. When you start to focus outwardly, you start to forget about all these internal things that you've been fighting against, right? And that is gonna be the gateway for you to experience joy this season. And there's all types. I don't have, whatever you, whatever you can think of, just practice some acts of kindness. And then also for yourself, I mean, maybe uh, go buy that drink that you like from your favorite place or, or you know, Starbucks or whatever. Or, or me, I love Mr. Pibb, right? I'll go to Baker's, I'll give me Mr. Pibb. And then just take a moment to be in silence. You know, go to the park or go outside and just sit in silence and enjoy your drink and spend some time alone with God, just reflecting on all the things that he's provided for you. Take a moment of silence to, to prepare your heart for this season and, and, and just ask that God would fill you with his, his presence and his joy. You know, let us be the chorus of heaven over the next few months. You know, put up the Christmas lights early. You know, one thing I love about uh, this season that we're coming into with Christmas 
is um, the Christmas lights. We're, we're about to get really dark early now. We're going to fall back next week. You know, remember to set your count, your, your clocks back. Uh, the bad news is, you know, when you come out at night at four o'clock, it's going to be dark. The good news is we get to experience the joy of Christmas lights. Christmas lights remind us of what God has done when he came into the world. When we celebrate his incarnation, you know, in John 1 it says, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light and on them a light has shined. That's what we, why we put up Christmas lights, to, to bring light to the dark. And I just love this season. So practice, put up your Christmas lights early. Go ahead and put them up this week. Who cares? Nothing else in 2020 makes sense. Put your Christmas lights up right? And then lastly, what I want to talk to you about is focusing our eyes on our treasure. You know, whatever you fix as your treasure, that is what will consume your entire life. So much of us have experienced grief and loss, but a lot of us were focusing on the wrong things. We didn't have our eyes fixed on Jesus as the treasure. And that's why We've, in some cases, experienced so much grief and loss because we had our eyes fixed on, you know, how the economy is doing, how our businesses are doing, how our jobs are going. And when all that falls apart, our emotions go with it, right? But when we properly put Jesus as the treasure of our lives, when those things fade away, that's okay. You know, we used to sing a song, you know, Blessed Be Your Name, right? Uh, I don't even remember the lyrics, but it was like, when, you're, when, when it's bad times, we're still going to turn to God and say, blessed is God's name, right? That's the idea. When we fix our eyes on, on Jesus as a treasure, that will rule our entire lives. Uh, Teresa of Avila has this saying, or Avila, I'm, I never can pronounce it right. She says, God, save us from gloomy saints. <laughs> what a prayer, right? And, and what she's getting at is, Again, and not to, to discredit our times of lament and grief, those are appropriate, but uh, some of us just walk around gloomy and grouchy all the time. And sometimes we embrace it because we think God is a grouchy God, and we think it's pious to be somber and, and grouchy and grumpy all the time. I don't think that's true. I don't think God is grunt, grunchy, uh, grouchy. Uh, he delights. He loves to rejoice with us. He loves to delight in us. It's a delight for him when we laugh and enjoy his creation. He's not up there just, I think a lot of people think that God's up there just waiting for us to slip up so he can smite us. That's not God. That's not our God. That's not Yahweh. Yahweh loves to delight in his creation. He loves to laugh and enjoy and be with us. So let's lean in that. Lean into that in this season. And don't let what's going on in 2020 still our joy this season we've got great things coming up you know halloween's in a couple of weeks that's a fun time for our kids let's embrace that and have fun with them you know we've got this time of thanksgiving coming up let us lean into the gratitude as our gateway to joy and then we've got the season of christmas coming up and like i said you know let us just lean in. don't we always preach to our kids you know jesus is the reason for the season right another cliche well let's lean into that let's lean into the fact that jesus has brought light to the darkness in our world and there is great hope and joy in that and remember this fact that we are resurrection people 
Amen? We live and breathe life of a Savior who has beaten death. We are resurrection people, and hallelujah is our song. Amen? Hallelujah, we've been rescued. Hallelujah, we've been welcomed into the kingdom of God. And his kingdom's never in trouble. Hallelujah, we're alive and breathing. Praise God. Just want to encourage you guys this season, in these next few weeks and months, just lean into that. Lean into the joy set before us. You know, this word hallelujah, it's an expression of delight. In fact, it's, it's a combination of two words in the Hebrew. Um, it's the word for praise and the word for Yahweh. Hallelujah. Praise God. It means Yahweh is exalted. Yahweh is salvation. So how, we are resurrection people and hallelujah is our song. Listen, I just want to leave you with this psalm. And it's Psalm 5. And I don't, I'm not going to pray the whole psalm over you. But I want you to, to look at it this week. You can look at it in context. But this is the, the praise and the blessing I'm going to pray over you. And wherever you're at, you can just, as a sign of expression of receiving this blessing over your life, just put your palms up as a, that sign. But this is from Psalm 5, verses 1, 3, and 11. And this is from the, the NLT translation. O Yahweh, hear me as I pray. Pay attention. And I'm, I'm going to change it a little bit to, to, to the corporate we. O Yahweh, hear us as we pray. Pay attention to our groanings. Listen to our cries for help. Our King and our God. We pray to no one but you. Listen to our voices in the morning, Yahweh. Each morning, we bring our request to you and we wait expectantly. Let all those who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them that all who love your name may be filled with joy. Amen and amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com. Thank you.